we actually had um, last Thursday the 3rd, a gentleman pay for the car behind him. So the lady pulled up and I said, just to let you know, the gentleman in front of you paid for your order. If you'd like, I can pay it forward and you can pay for the order behind you and we can keep this going. She's like, really? Why would he do that? I said, we just have it every once in a while where somebody will take care of the person behind them and today is your lucky day. And it ended up being 900 cars at a Dairy Queen. 900 cars they kept it going. Really? Yeah. Before I'm sorry. You... If I get that, I'm buying a house. <laughs> if I get word that that's what's happening, <laughs> I'm buying a nice three-bedroom, three-bash ranch house. <laughs> so are you the are, are, is somebody listening right now on the text line? Are you the person that's that ends these? Are you have you ever ended one? Like I'm not I'm not participating in this nonsense. Thank you for buying me that, but I'm not buying one for the person behind me. I'm just taking my free drink and leaving. Am I a jerk for asking what the person behind me bought first? <laughs> well, yeah, sure exactly. they didn't get the surfing turf. Wait a second, that's a van. I see some arms sticking out the window. There's a lot of kids there. It's like a soccer team. <laughs> yeah, well, at, at some point isn't it just Bill Roulette? I mean, I haven't saved the person behind me any money because they're going to have to pay for the person behind them. So what has happened? We've all just gotten in a giant circle and handed our bills one to the right. Sure. And it might be less, might be more, might be the same. What the hell? And are we? That's not. I mean, if it gives people a feeling of, hey, uh, helping out my neighbor, being a kind person, I'm not against it, but it makes no rational sense. Yeah, I was about to say, let's flip this on its head for nicer people out there who don't question this sort of thing. Is there something wrong with us for getting into the cynicism of it and not just smiling big like they do on the TV news whenever they mention these stories? I'm I'm a rational man. I try to live my life rationally. That's a long one, though. 900 cars at a Dairy Queen. That had to take all day long. And nobody did a favor for anybody. (laughs) Am I wrong? (laughs) Well, no, because each person that kept it going... Is a good person. Resisted, you, on the other hand, resisted the <laughs> urge to be selfish and end it there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, what? Sean. Resisted the urge to be selfish. It was compulsory kindness, which is not kindness at all. It's fear. It's peer pressure. It's, it's disgusting. not compulsory any more than it's compulsory that I hold the door open for the woman behind me. Oh, please. I don't get a ticket if I don't do it, but... Altruism enforced by an angry mob. That's what I see. <laughs> Actually, I think about a Dairy Queen, unless you're in a very busy area with a very busy Dairy Queen, that must have taken a week to get 900 customers. I'll have to look into the details on that. I got into the DQ Blizzard habit when my kids were little. We'd stop by and I'd think, well, I might as well get one for myself. That's a good treat right there. Oh, yeah. The Two weeks later, I weighed five pounds more and said, well, that's over. Well, luckily, I don't have to worry about that because the Dairy Queen that had been in my town for decades and was run by an immigrant family was shut down by wheelchair Nazis. Oh, good. And put them out of business. Great. So now the wheeled, uh, handicapped people can go and enjoy an ice cream treat there, right? No, no. <laughs> no they the were shut down. Business that had been there forever disappeared forever. Right. And all um, their employees are now unemployed. <laughs> news of the day. U.S. unemployment claims rose to 850,000 last week. Yeah, that's a pretty significant increase. Rose by 137,000. Moving up. That's not good news, and it's not surprising that with, uh, like, we, we were just talking about where we live, we're going to strict shutdown orders. It's, uh, you're not supposed to leave your house unless you go to work. Um... 
or the grocery store or the hospital, something health-related. You're not supposed to leave your house. Just a question. Can Eric Swalwell leave his house to meet up with his hot Chinese spy lover? <laughs> and yes, we're looking at you, Eric Swalwell, you lying creep. More on him coming up. Good. You lying creep. <laughs> Good. <laughs> More on him coming up. But anyway... It's not surprising that uh, businesses that were hanging on thinking, man, I, th- I think we can make it. And then all of a sudden the COVID gets worse and states are saying you got to shut back down. They're thinking, OK, I'm out. I can't do it. This ain't, ain't going to happen. Well, not only that, but, uh, you know, some fairly reasonable authorities are saying the next three months are going to be brutal, even as we roll out the vaccine. So they're thinking, I-, I don't have a week's worth of cash on hand, much less three months. I'm out. On the other hand, before we go too far down the road of interpreting these numbers, these are what is known as, uh, by people who study this, I guess, noisy numbers, in that you have to uh, take a look at the background of a lot of these numbers. All your COVID statistics are noisy numbers. I had never heard their term before. But they're noisy because when I hear how many people tested positive, yeah, but testing increased. So you got to factor that in. If you didn't factor it in, that's a noisy number. It's not It's not quite right. Uh, did people die of COVID or with COVID? you got to tease all that out before I know what's going on. Mm. The government... And the uh, media never, ever does, of no, course. but the Wall Street Journal did today. The GAO, the Government Accountability Office, last month said jobless cl- claims have contained inconsistent data because of the pandemic-related surge in applications and attempted fraud. There's been so much fraud across, across the country, you don't know how many of those are real and, are, and aren't. Well, right. As uh, mentioned on the Armstrong and Getty Show, two billion dollars worth of fraudulent unemployment claims in cal unicornia alone two billion with a b how many thousand people was it they think how many claims it was thousands uh, and thousands three hundred and thirty thousand something like it that. was a huge number yeah and the labor department said it doesn't plan to change its methodology so these are noisy numbers economists also caution the claims figures can be volatile from week to week especially around holiday periods so ah, so you got to look at uh, i heard said by uh, one person looking at indian any individual week's numbers is silly for making any determination so there we are boy it's never been more true that if you uh if you don't read the newspaper as mark twain put it or watch cable news or read your favorite website you're uninformed and if you do you're misinformed or at least a substantial amount of the time uh, boy, there's so much I want to talk about. I was going to get into uh, more of the world of restaurants and jobs and unemployment and the arbitrariness of some of the regulations, and we will after the break. But uh, just a, a quick note. It's funny how these things came together. Uh, Los Angeles just elected a radical leftist by the name of George Gascon to be the district attorney. He ruined San Francisco. And now there's there's the current guy in San Francisco was a crony of Hugo Chavez in Venezuela. Seriously. So now this guy has moved to L.A. and gotten elected and he's going to ruin L.A., which we were warning you the other day. Uh, San Francisco Chironicle, which is a far left publication, uh, itself had a story that I came across. Uh, some guy took a video. His name's Jesse Hunt. He stepped out of his place. In the Cow Hollow neighborhood, if you know San Francisco, uh, he stepped out of his place uh, Wednesday and walked down the street taking a video of the all too familiar sights, piles of broken glass sitting in the gutters on the sidewalks beneath a row of parked cars, all of with uh, all of them with their windows smashed. Smashed car windows have become so common in San Francisco that many people don't even blink as they step over the crushed glass. And those victimized by break ins frequently lament a lack of response from police and prosecutors. 
Um, they mentioned that because the COVID has is, is devastated tourism to San Francisco, now all the, the thieves, the gangs, the utterly unafraid of being caught uh, criminals now are turning to local residents. Just smash and grab. If they catch a guy for doing 20 cars, he'll be out on the street tomorrow. Well, I'm sorry, tomorrow. He'll be out on the street in an hour and a half, and he will probably never be prosecuted. And that is now coming to L.A., which is already struggling with bums and junkies and lawlessness. So it's a, it's a hell of a deal. My friends, everywhere but Cal Unicornia and Portland and, and Seattle, I'm begging you, hear the warning. We tried this stuff. It's a disaster. So more on the restaurants and unemployment and stuff to come up. What was your mentioning of a particular congressman and a Chinese spy and the whole sex thing? What's going on with that story today? Well, Jack, it turns out that a one-time presidential candidate and, and prominent congressman from California, Eric Swalwell, was once uh, enamored with, rolling around with perhaps, uh, a hot young Chinese spy. Now, we don't have any evidence that uh, that he was sleeping with this spy, correct? Third hand. Tucker Carlson spoke to intelligence officials who said, yes, Swalwell was one of those who was having a sexual relationship with this uh, Fong Fong or Cynthia Fong. What'd she call herself? Cynthia, I think. Um, uh, so they're saying he did. Reporters asked Swalwell, so uh, were you rolling around with the hot Chinese gal? And he said, eh, national security question. Yeah, I can't. It's classified. None ya. You exactly. lying creep. You uh, lying creep. The Tucker FBI Carlson said last night. The FBI uh, and my wife tell me I shouldn't answer that question. So uh, never mind. So yeah, lying creep. So I'll, t- <laughs> I'll tell you why. The only reason I'm interested in this story: the uh, a congressperson cheating on their wife. Whatever. I mean, unless you just really like tawdry gossip, and I'm into it if we can make jokes. Yeah. But <laughs> it doesn't really affect the nation any. That's between him and his wife. And then, unless he's blackmailable. Him being on the uh, committee or not, him, you know, outside of the damage he could do, whether or not, you know, I I don't have it in for Eric Swalwell. I don't I don't need him to lose his committee posts or something like that. the The reason I care about this story is I want us to treat China the way we treated the Soviet Union. I want us to have the same level of concern. And like you said earlier, back in the day, during the Cold War, if you're on the Intelligence Committee where you have access to all the most important information there is, if it turned out you might have had an affair with a known Soviet spy, no freaking way either party would have been put up with that for a minute, you being uh, having access to intelligence. Right. It's not like he's on the Agriculture Committee. He's on the Intelligence Committee. Because the stakes were too high. We were in a life and death battle. There are plenty of congressmen, 435, according to some counts. Get another one. Exactly, and it's going to be another Democrat? Fine. There's plenty of people. Pick somebody who's not possibly compromised by our number one global enemy. China. That's That's right, sir. It's it's an important story. Yeah, so uh, more on Swalwell plus the, the restaurant crackdown and some voices of common sense which are rising up against the arbitrary and idiotic regulations. You're going to enjoy hearing them. Average Americans getting a voice. Imagine that. Cool. All on the way. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
in Russia, they're telling people not to drink alcohol for almost two months after taking the Russian vaccine. Russians heard and were like, uh, we'll take our chances with the virus. <laughs> you know it's serious because Russia doesn't even give that warning to pregnant women. Oof. Oof. Is that true? Did I just hear that Canada might start giving people the vaccine before the United States so we get beat by Great Britain, China, and Russia, and Canada? Ugh. Come on now. Wow, shocking. Shocking. So, um, uh, also, apparently the FBI actually has uh, audio of an obscure mayor having sex with that Chinese spy. Oh, goody. Yeah, I don't want to hear it, but... Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. So how, how much does that hurt? You, you thought you had some pretty good game. You thought, hey, you know, I've been working out. I think this new suit fits me pretty good. It's not surprising that this 25-year-old Chinese hottie is into me. Well, and I'm charming. She's not shallow. But then it turns, She's looking at the man within. It turns out she's a spy. She's only doing it to try to get secrets. And they, they've been taping your sex. Oh, oh man. <laughs> That'd be tough to bounce back from <laughs> more in a hundred different next, ways. More yeah. on that next hour. Oh, we also have a reporter coming up to uh, describe the Facebook antitrust trial so we can understand what's actually happening and, you know, perhaps what the likely outcome is. But uh, a number of different uh, notes on the same topic here. We got a great rant from Joe in San Francisco. He's commenting on the L.A. woman who had her restaurant closed in the movie uh, company. It was serving meals right next to her closed restaurant. <clears throat> and she and uh, Joe points out she and a whole lot of other people are also under the control of public officials whose paychecks never stop. Their families are secure. Their futures are unaffected by their decisions. They function at a different strata of society. Uh, that this is so cannot be any uh, cl more clearly illustrated than the mayor of San Francisco, the governor of California, living up at one of the most expensive restaurants, not just in California, but in the entire country. Then he mentions Nancy Pelosi going to a nice intimate party in which the wine bill alone was $12,000. Oh, my God. Oh, that reminds me, we, we have another Gavi Award nominee. We haven't even gotten a chance to get to it. but $12,000 wine bill. Right. Among and then, public servants. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, please. They're super rich. That's funny. They went to D.C. not crazy rich. They've spent all their time in government. Now they're crazy rich. That's funny. And then this uh, opinion piece from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, uh, it's, a, it's a Nevada restaurateur talking about how, um, according to the National Restaurant Association, they think nearly one in six restaurants in the U.S. is closed either permanently or long term as a result of the ordered shutdowns affecting approximately three million workers. And he talks about um, seeing firsthand the, the worry, the angst, the tears, the employees, uh, just hopeless. And he talked about uh, he talks about uh, a conversation he had with one uh, owner of a restaurant expressing great concern over the new restrictions at 25% capacity he told me he could barely pay bills but he became even more animated over the requirement for reservation only customers the current requirements this is in Nevada state that reser reservations are required for restaurants and bars pubs and wineries and breweries that serve food so does this mean it's legal for a restaurant to have more patrons at a given time than another restaurant, say one next door, just because one can show a reservation log and the other can't? Why are reservations required? 
Well, he reached, this writer reached out to the Nevada Restaurant Association, and they clarified that the reservation-only mandate is the one-size-fits-all approach to deter the gathering of people in waiting areas. And this is what makes me so insane about the paternalism of particularly left-wing politics. I, uh, I have a friend who's a restaurateur, Judy, and I met a couple uh, for dinner there. I guess it was a couple of months ago. But they, because of the warnings, decided, okay, we're not ha- going to have people congregate waiting to get in. Of right? course, you're not going to have 10 people standing in that tiny little room waiting to get into the restaurant. So they, with drool running out of their mouth, snot running out of their nose, said, Governor, Governor, what should we do? No. They said, okay, we'll put a booth outside. We'll have folks wait over there until we wave them over. We'll take the reservation. Right. We'll Obviously. send them in one at a time. Easy, easy, easy. And but no these, offense to your friends, not exactly rocket science to figure that out. Oh, no. No, of course. He'd tell you the same thing. But no, instead, you've got to have these heavy-handed government mandates saying, well, let's see. We can't have people congregating, so only reservations are permitted. God, and what's so frustrating about this is you got a person, maybe a couple of people with no skin in the game, sitting at a, at a table thinking, what do we do? You know, how people wait, you know, when you go to a restaurant and sometimes you're all crowded and they're waiting. Oh, that'd be dangerous. We should we should find a way around that. They're just, you know, they're just, they're just making this up as they go along. They're just, they're just winging it by the seat of their pants, making right. up these rules based on nothing, and they well, have zero skin in the game. Well, not only that, but you look like, you know, I've cited him many times, Eric Garcetti, the mayor of Los Angeles, who's an academic and a government guy. He has no idea what making a payroll is. He's, he's not a working man. He's, he doesn't, he's just, he has no idea what he's talking about. There, but there's a substantial part of the American electorate that wants these technocrats to run a utopia. Oh, my God, please. It's about liberty, friends, and the free market. Liberty. Very frustrating. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't think we or anyone else viewed Instagram as a competitor, as a kind of large multi-purpose social platform. Um, In fact, people at the time kind of mocked our acquisition because they thought that we um, dramatically spent more money than we should have. Billions were thrown at smaller companies in an effort to get them to sell. The two most glaring examples of this unlawful scheme were Instagram and WhatsApp. They also sent a clear message to the industry. Don't step on Facebook's turf. Or as one industry executive put it, you will face the wrath of Mark. The wrath of Mark. The wrath of Mark. Not the most frightening looking (laughs) character I've ever seen in my life. If he loomed out of the darkness, if I'm asleep, I'd say, hey, hey, Mark, what are you doing in here? What's going on? (laughs) Well, the headline is the U.S. government and 48 attorneys general have filed landmark antitrust lawsuits against Facebook on Wednesday. They're trying to break up the social networking giant over charges that engaged in illegal anti-competitive tactics to buy, bully, and kill its rivals, which sounds very dramatic, but the law is often a little more dry than that. And to help us understand what's going on, we've invited Elizabeth Dwoskin, the Silicon Valley correspondent of the Washington Post, on. Elizabeth, how are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Tired? I don't, I don't <laughs> know how you're reporting on this. Don't you? Uh, aren't you uh, wary of the wrath of Mark? <laughs> 
Yeah, we, as reporters, we've definitely felt the wrath of Mark. Yeah, uh, right. He didn't jump out of a scary closet. <laughs> I'll bet you you have felt that. So uh, some of the reporting on this, particularly in broadcast media, is, is awfully dramatic. And, and they buy, bully, or bury. And, and one of the charges the New York Attorney General threw out there was that they would they would just throw money at rivals and buy them out. You know, to which I reply, uh, send me the paperwork. Yeah, okay? exactly. Um, uh, but uh, what what are they being accused of that that seems to you the closest to real monopolistic uh, violations? Well, that's what's so interesting and complicated about this this case. It's there's a lot of things about the case that are unprecedented as far as what the FTC is trying to claim. So and and what what actual harms Facebook has caused? Because the other piece of it is even if they are a monopoly, and by the way, a monopoly doesn't mean just the only player in one market. It could be Google, even though this case isn't about Google and Facebook dominating on ads, you could say those two have a monopoly because they have a, such an enormous share of the market. I think courts have defined a monopoly as one company having at least 50% of the market and somewhere around 75%. And if you look at you know just the number of Americans that are on Facebook, you know it's about 70%. And then you add Instagram, they own another 37%. So I think you can get to the to the idea hmm. of market share, even though they'll say, but look, we have competitors. You know, we have TikTok has been a huge competitor. Some reports say TikTok was more downloaded than Facebook this year. So, and, you know, and, and other competitors as well, Snap, et cetera. But, you know, they don't need to have no competition. They can have some competition and still be a monopoly. The next question is what's wrong with, like, throwing money at things and buying things up. Right. Well, that that's where like that's where the most interesting questions to me in the lawsuit come because a lot of people in Silicon Valley just said, look, that's business as usual. You're a powerful company and these companies were willing to be sold. But what you see is some of the questionable business practices, almost like the strong arm tactics that really cross the line, like saying to companies, look, you know, you use our data because a lot of the companies that Facebook was competing with, even if they were tiny startups or, you know, maybe seeing that they were interesting potential competitors, those were companies that were using Facebook's data. That's how Facebook could see how well they were doing, ah. you know, because even remember, think of dating apps, you know, log in with your Facebook profile and then you get access to all of these people. And so it's three, there were services that were built on top of Facebook. Millions and millions of services are built on top of Facebook. So they can see what people are doing, and they see a competitor. And then they might say, and they have said, and it's not hypothetical, and the documents show, they came to lots of different companies and said, you know, versions of, we'll shut you down if you don't sell to us. You know, we... Um, we have the power to do that because if we take away our data, you live and die by our data. So there's questions about are, aren't those anti-competitive tactics? And they were that's, in that's they were, and they were in effect doing what you just described. They did. I mean, there was well, that, even a that's, lawsuit. That's got to be out of bounds. Well, it's certainly that would be one of the more like clear-cut definitions of an anti-competitive business practice. Um, but yeah, I mean, I even wrote a story today about they did it even, you know, 10 years ago, they were doing it, um, to the, to the guy who created a predecessor for the like button. We all know the Facebook like button. There was a company called I like, I like in 2009, they came to the guy who founded I like and said, you know, if you don't sell to us, we're going to shut you down. And I like was all based on Facebook data and buying music tickets and they changed their policies. The company was suddenly worth nothing. 
And shortly after, Facebook created its own like button. Wow. Elizabeth Waskin is online. She's the Silicon Valley correspondent for The Washington Post. It's already clear to me that the testimony and evidence and, and ruling on this are going to be enormously long and complicated. Oh, yeah. Um, can you speak to the fact that it is 48 state attorneys general, Democrats and Republicans, who are joining in on this suit and uh, uh, the enthusiasm on both sides? What, do, what does that say to you? Well, it says to me that, you know, in a in a year when very little politically can get done and when the country is more polarized than ever, there are just very few points of agreement among both parties. And particularly because even though the Democrats and the Republicans have different reasons for being upset with the social media companies, very different reasons. That's sure. why I was really shocked by this suit, because it's they, they managed to come together on um, on a point of disagreement, even though. All I thought they had between them was the point of, you know, they, they, they disliked the social media companies. But I thought that there were so many points of disagreement after that that they wouldn't get to a consensus. And so what's fascinating to see is that behind the scenes, um, both Democrats and Republicans think it's politically advantageous enough to bring a suit like this. Even at the end of the Trump administration, when we're going to have a transition, you know, Biden has called out Facebook several times as well. And so I don't think, you know, Biden... Even if he wasn't being serious, even if that was political posturing, you know, he's not going to be able to walk that back either. Hmm, Interesting. Elizabeth Dwoskin of The Washington Post. uh, One final note I see in your bio that you, in addition to speaking English quite skillfully, you also speak Spanish, Portuguese and Hebrew. Uh, That is as amazing to me as if somebody (laughs) flapped their arms and took off flying. Have you always had that gift? Um. I, I, you know, I, I think you got to, if you start learning a language when you're like little, it's, yeah. they say it's easier to learn other languages. So I don't know how long, I always liked languages. Always yeah. knew. I took the same language class as my brother as a little kid. My brother hated it and didn't remember, doesn't remember a word. And I remembered like everything. So wow. I think there's some level where you have to really like it. That's amazing. Amazing. Elizabeth Dwoskin of the Washington Post. Hey, uh, great to talk to you. Thanks so much for the information. <laughs> okay. That was either right. Spanish or Hebrew. I don't know. Uh, obligato. Right? I know that one. Sure. Good, good one. Good one. All right. Thanks. Good to talk to you. Bye-bye. You know, I was thinking about asking her, but I didn't want to make it any longer. As the Washington Post Silicon Valley correspondent for the last four years, what's the what's what's the what's what's the common story? What's what's going on? What's the general thing? We well, might I, have to talk to her sometime about that, because there's probably some burbling something. It might be this, actually. Well, she's terrific. I mean, yeah, let's have her back on again and talk about this stuff, because there is no force more significant uh, in our futures, I think, as a, as a, as a people than you know, the government and, and Silicon Valley, honestly. Yeah. We, I mean, oil companies, please, they're the punchline to a joke compared to Silicon Valley these days. We might get Tim the lawyer on, Tim Sandfer, about this whole thing, because he's got a lot of thoughts about the history of monopolies and breaking these sorts of things up and uh, when it's the free market doing its thing and when it's not. Because a company just getting bait and successful shouldn't be a crime. I can't help it. We're just that much better than everybody else. And then, yeah, th- there's a company over there. I thought they were pretty good. We bought them. They willingly took our uh, the, the amount of money we gave them. Right Now, if you've got all their data, for instance, in this case, and you can shut them down if they don't go along and strong arm them and everything, that's a, that's a different situation that the lawyers will figure out. Right. And the, as Tim can tell you, the history of the antitrust 
uh, laws have changed, and there's a different point of view on the left than there is on the right for what constitutes a, a monopoly power. I didn't know that they started taking a look at you as soon as you have more than 50% of the market. I almost asked her about her boss. You work for the Washington Post. Uh, the guy at the top of your place runs Amazon. You might have heard of him. Uh, they, they at various times have had more than 50%, quite a bit more than 50% of the entire online shopping market. Is that right? I, c- I couldn't tell you that. I don't doubt it, but uh, okay. All right, well, we'll stay in touch. I like the cut of her jib. Good stuff. And we'll have to watch this suit unfold. because It's going to be unspeakably complicated and technical. And so, but on that one with Amazon, unless, you know, unless when you get into the various things where they uh, suppress certain products or, and all that, that's a different topic. But just the fact that Amazon has would have more than 50 percent of the online shopping. Well, Target and Walmart have gotten better. They have grown back up. They've, they've started to take away some of that. So then that's mm-hmm. that's just I mean, that's just plain. That's the way it's supposed to work. Yeah, I heard some human ask earlier today, and I can't remember if it was a congressperson or a lawyer. Uh, might have even been a journalist, which is surprising, because they rarely ask anything worth asking. Uh, said, well, isn't it, uh, well, Facebook. Oh, that's right. That's right. She said, listen, among the young people in my life, they laugh at Facebook. They're on TikTok. They might be on the gram, whatever. And she mentioned a couple others. Facebook is in the past. Might this entire question be irrelevant in a few years? And the answer from the lawyer was actually pretty good. They said, yeah, that's exactly what we're trying to decide right here. Has Facebook amassed so much power, so many levers, so much money that they can effectively stop anybody competing with them? They and, couldn't become MySpace. Right. Right. Exactly. Which, you know, on the one side, on the one hand, is just shows the brilliance of Zuckerberg. Um he may be evil, but he's brilliant. There's no questioning that. But uh, whether we, the people, need to stand up to that, I guess they're going to figure that out in a court. It's interesting to me how the sheen can come off of a company so fast. And this, for Facebook... Winning. What's that? The Charlie Sheen. Winning. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook was winning. They're um, a troll overlords. And for them, they, they got sucked into the whole 2016 election and Russian ads and all that sort of stuff. But Facebook went from being just a happy, smiley, you thought of it, and it was a smile on your face. I mean, every, it was good news for everybody. Grandmas, Connect with kids, your friends, right. Everybody was happy about it. And now it's just got kind of a oogie feel as soon as I hear the word. It's like get, Darth Vader. And you're getting The super- wrath of Mark. And you're getting, yeah, it's like Darth Vader. <laughs> they ought to play that every time Zuckerberg comes into and the room. And you're getting sued by 48 states, Republicans and Democrats. That's how mm. quickly things can change. I was just thinking, do we get more listeners talking about antitrust law or sex? <laughs> because we have a whole bunch of great sex stuff with Eric Swalwell and the Chinese spy and Midwestern mayors and all kinds of stuff. And yes, we're looking at you, Eric Swalwell, you lying creep. <laughs> we'll do that next. Armstrong and Getty. Straight out of a spy novel, alleging steaminess and skullduggery stretching from China to Capitol Hill. Yes, steaminess and skullduggery. That's from Good Morning America. Also from your original air name. (laughs) That's right. Early on in our career, yep. (laughs) Steaminess and skullduggery in the morning. Um, yeah, it is straight out of a spy novel. Freaking China spent over sent over a, a a hot young Chinese woman. Skullduggery. 
underhanded or unscrupulous behavior. Mm, yes. Yes. So this woman, uh, Fang Fang, she was about 30 but looked about 20. And so she was able to pull off when she got to California, you know, being on a college campus and getting involved in various groups and interning with various up-and-coming politicians and acting like a young college student, even though she was almost 30, she looked about 20. I'm plucky and naive and enthusiastic and very, very sexy. Yeah. How can that appeal to any man? Um, The China sex spy scandal is a reminder. Don't govern while horny. I'm reading from the Intelligencer. Which has some good information. That's some pretty good writing right there. <laughs> and uh, so she targeted a bunch of what they were hoping were up-and-coming politicians so you could, uh, you know, get in good with them early. And the only one that has turned out to be something really a big deal is this Eric Swalwell character who actually ran for president as a Democrat and, uh, you know, was one of the lead voices in the impeachment. And he's on the Intelligence Committee and all that. He is in your top tier of powerful congresspeople. She also, um, probably the other most high-profile name, is she um, She was involved in the Tulsi Gabbard campaign. Now, obviously, there's no indication that there was any sex going on there, although I would watch that video. Um, oh, good Lord. Um, there was... <laughs> I, I kid. I kid. That's, that's designed to shock. Keeping in mind that her primary duty was not to pleasure people. No, but, no, 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 no. But no. to gather data, and she absolutely gathered data, uh, what she could, on Tulsi Gabbard and other people. But there are two unnamed Midwestern mayors that she did sex up. That is known. Now, Swalwell has had the opportunity with a couple of different uh, journalists to deny having had a sexual relationship with the spy, and he's taken a pass. I've been at this for a long time. That's always meant one thing. Always. Mm-hmm. I mean, because if you, if you didn't do anything, you just state it out loud. And even then, sometimes it turns out you did. But the fact that you won't say, no, I had no physical relationship with her, means you did. I'm sorry. Yeah. Was he married at the time? No. He got married okay. in 2016. Now, I would okay. assume... She left in 2015, left his office. Is that right? Yeah, she disappeared from the country. Oh, she left the country in 2015. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she began her uh, acquaintance with Swalwell in 2012. He might not even have met his wife by then. He might have been completely single. So, there, On the other hand, you can't sex up Chinese spies and then become a, a congressman on the Intelligence Committee. You wouldn't think. Anyway, on to the mayors um, that, that haven't been named... Uh, Fang allegedly had sexual relationships with two mayors in Midwestern cities. In 2014, one older Midwestern mayor. Now, I heard him described as 87 what? by uh, Mark Stein on uh, Tucker last night. Is he 87? I haven't nailed down that. That's well, pretty old. Well, if he was 87 and getting with this young Chinese girl, he's you know, he's kind of my hero. Well, it's a bad he, idea. Well, but... he introduced her, as, oh. and she looked 20, remember? So even though she yeah. was 30, which is a lot younger than 87 anyway... 20? Yes. Uh, she looked 20? He'd introduced her as his girlfriend, per former Cupertino Mayor Gilbert uh, Wong, had uh, introduced her and insisted the relationship was genuine despite the clear age difference. Oh. Now, I don't know if that was part of the introduction or if, like, you know, do you have friends that say, wait a second, she's a little young for you, isn't she? And do your friends say that? Or did you just, like, throw that in there based on their wide eyes? The idea... Introduced- the idea that anybody could so delude themselves scares me that that I might have that capacity. You're 87 I'm, and a 20 year old's into you, and you think there there can't be anything fishy here. She's not <laughs> after my social security number or going to kill me or a Chinese spy or anything. She just she just likes older men. That 
poor dumb bastard. <laughs> uh, the FBI surveilled them and caught her having sex, it says here, intercourse, with an Ohio mayor in a car. Apparently when the mayor actually asked her why she was into him, she told him it was because she wanted to improve her English. Story checks out. <laughs> we talk English all the time. Um, um, that doesn't make any sense. You know, there are younger, more attractive men that also speak English. You don't or, understand what we have, Jack. <laughs> or you could just watch the TV. But you're in this car with me. You're having uh, sex with me in a car. And uh, again, the age of the participants involved, you should not be uh, fornicating in a car. That's a good point. It's not high school. You're yeah. a man of means. Uh, yeah. You're a mayor. Do it in City Hall. Um, <laughs> when the FBI began investigating Fang, she bounced out of the country. When the FBI's probe into Fang got into gear in June of 2015, she left the country abruptly. Learned enough English, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for teaching me. Bye. <laughs> She's. I'm. Uh, you're helping me learn English with your pants off. <laughs> Wow. The politicos she was tight with were confused about her sudden departure. She disappeared off the face of everything, one of the politicians told Axios. When she left kind of abruptly, we all kind of scratched our heads. And it's always tough the first time you get ghosted. Yeah. Goodbye, yeah. Fong Fong. Goodbye. So uh, Swalwell got married in 2016. They say hopefully he's less vulnerable to honey trapping um, than maybe uh, you know he would have been if he were married. But I don't know. Like you said, she was a Chinese. She is a Chinese spy. Fong Fong, you haven't called in weeks. What's up? I left the country. Why? I'm a Chinese spy. Oh, come on. <laughs> Quit kidding around. I miss you. No, I'm a Chinese. I worked for the communists. I was I was do using you. Man, I was, oh, please. If you're in, ever in a relationship where you have to ask the other person, why are you into me? It's every yeah. relationship I've ever been in. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.